Cellmates. My name is Kate Phillips. My and, name is Dick Ward. Uh huh. And we are a podcast that takes two animated movies yep. and we compare, contrast, and generally throw them into a Venn diagram. See what shakes out. Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. I'm always surprised that my computer makes sounds even when it's like technically sleeping. Yeah. It's like a sleepwalker, but for sounds. Yeah, you shouldn't wake it up. Shouldn't wake up a sleepwalker. Um, often, the movies that we talk about on this podcast are Disney. That's correct. Oh, but not always. Often they are musicals. But not always. Often they are good. Kate, I hate to repeat myself, but not always. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Yourself, Thank you. Good work. Thank you. Your good work. Thanks. Yeah, what'd you drink in there, Kate? Yeah. It looks yummy. It's really good. I might have more of them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call it... Autumn Festival mm. or Festival del Would you say, Otoño. This is our festival, the but best of all. It's is this Brother Bear again? Okay, I don't know that the word festival is in that song. I think you keep saying it, but I'm not sure it's actually. It's welcome to our family time. Welcome, welcome to, to our, our brotherly time. time. I, is no, it? oh, welcome to our family time. Brotherly time. This festival? is our festival and best of all. Oh my gosh. Something, something. I will look it up. Sorry. Bill Collins wrote some great songs. Yes. Unfortunately, none of them are in Brother Bear. Yes. Yeah, speaking of uh, not the best lyrics, what <laughs> oh, songs did we do? What movies did we do? What songs did we do this week? Um, well, we are drinking Autumn Festival mm-hmm. because it is autumn as we record this. What's in this? Super this autumn day um, outside. It is gray and the leaves are changing and it's great. And God's Very crying cozy. out there. Oh, yeah. um, God's. Hey. Yep. God, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it's cider and whiskey. Yeah. It apple an, cider? Uh, it is apple cider. Ooh, spiced apple cider? Spiced apple cider Ooh. and an IPA whiskey. Where's the cider from? The cider's from Superfood Town. Well... That's the store we got it from, but what? Where is it from originally? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Me neither. Like it's f- called Red Jacket, like a farm or something. Yeah, maybe like a farm. Yeah, probably. I just wanted, cider's made. Just wanted to see if you happen to know somehow. No. Sometimes you know things. Well, when when it's from the farmers market, I might know, mm. but this was not from the farmers market. No, this is from Super Food Town. Super Food Town. Super Food Town. We've discovered a new grocery store. It's a little far away. But it's, Shh, don't tell don't people. Tell it. I'm not going to say any address. Like, 90% of our listeners live near us. I That's not true. That's not true. At least one of our listeners might live near us. Anyway, we discovered, like, the rare Connecticut-style grocery store in Manhattan. That's yeah, amazing. And don't go to it, because we're keeping it to ourselves. The aisles are not the worst. Anyway. That's true. Dick, okay. uh, n- uh, name me some holidays in autumn. Oh, um, President's Day? No. Uh, Independence Day? No. Um, Easter? I think you're thinking... Shocktober. Shocktober, uh-huh. And Rocktober. Those oh. are both in autumn. That's a rock fact. Yeah. Oh, wait. We're, we're in an infinite loop. We're doing what that are you tr- again. What are you trying to get me to say? I'm, uh, well, there are autumn holidays all over the world dick is that uh, true there are i thought they were just a- america there is autumn all over the world 
Um, Blowing my mind here, Kate. So one holiday that we are uh, celebrating through movie is the um, Harvest Moon Festival mm. um, of China mm-hmm. and Dia de los Muertos in Mexico. But we're not doing Coco because we've already done Coco. That's confusing. So our movies this episode are yes. The Book of Life. Yeah. Um, and Over the Moon, very recently released on Netflix. Right. The Book of Life, several years old. but Book of Life, um, if you haven't seen it, uh, Arnold Cunningham goes on a mission trip to Africa um, to c- preach the good word of Mormonism. Oh, sorry. I was trying to like, hola. <laughs> hola. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Me llamo Arnold Cunningham. I was Cunningham. trying to think, let me show you a book about... Chibaba. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. boy. So we, we're off to a good start. We're off to I a just great want to congratulate us. Start. Yeah. Our pacing yes. is very uh, unusual. Unusual. Just which, like these movies. Which we'll talk about. Uh huh. Dick, what's your experience with The Book of Life? Have you. Uh, let's just jump into it. So okay. we pair these movies because they're autumn holidays and they both have to do with death and folklore and um yeah yeah, they actually yeah Yeah. they ended up being better pairs than we thought they might be book book of life i think the first time i heard of it was when it was recommended to us and i think that was spencer Mm. uh recommended book at life uh book at life book of life at one point uh sorry if uh, you're not spencer and you recommended it and sorry if you are spencer and you did not recommend it that's my memory. Covering I should have should have looked it up to make sure. Um, but like the natural pairing for this is Coco because mm-hmm. they're both about Dia de los Muertos. So, yeah. But um, looking into it, like there, there's just like a lot of cool stuff going on. There's like a lot of actors I like, and it's produced by Guillermo del Toro. And mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, this, this will be cool. But we didn't. I didn't see it or anything much more about it until two days ago (laughs) when we Uh watched it. Uh How about you? I thought you knew more about this than you did. Great. Um, Cool. I learned something too. Uh, No, I I also didn't know much about it. Right. I feel like I had heard it a couple times. Yeah, whatever recommendation we received of like, well, this would go good with Coco, but we had already done Spirited Away with Coco. Um. I thought it was a little bit more um, like Monster House. Like I thought it was a little bit mm. more indie um, and like creepy. Because oh, yeah. I think maybe it was Spencer or someone else um, said maybe Kubo and the Two Strings would go with mm. this one. Um, which that's another one we still haven't done. Anyway. Oh, yeah, we got to watch that. So I had little conception in my head of what it was going to be. Right. Um, and it was in some ways similar and in some ways different than what I thought. But I, I really enjoyed this one. Like, what are what are things you knew about this movie? I knew it kind of looked a little weird. Mm-hmm. I knew the characters were like that kind of ugly style in the vein of like Tim Burton or yeah. Leica Studios. Um, and I knew it had to do with Dia de los Muertos, and that is it. the The other thing I knew is that the other thing I knew is that there was a character that like played guitar or played music and his mm. family didn't want him to okay and so i was like yeah, that sounds like coco <laughs> this sounds a lot like coco but it's not like no. at, at all like there are similarities because of the but like just like star wars and star trek 
both happen to be on spaceships, mm-hmm. that doesn't make them the same thing. So that really, really interesting to me how different this was than Coco. Right. And interesting from, I mean, that's, that's par for the course for like our American perspective. It's like, sure. oh, this holiday that we don't know about, surely the movies will be very similar as yeah. if every single Christmas movie is exactly the same, right? I, like, I think they are. They <laughs> but there's many genres of no. Christmas movies is what I'm saying. No, there's only one. It's so called The cool. Christmas Prince, and it's the only Christmas movie we're watching. Um, and like Coco, the director is um, is Mexican-born, I believe, um, or Mexican-American at the very least. Sure. I mean, Guillermo del Toro is Mexican. He produced it. He did not uh, direct He is it. an autistic Mexican animator, painter, writer, voice actor, and production designer. Was it uh, Jorge Gutierrez? Yes? That's correct. Okay. Um, oh, ew. he did... Sorry, he did a, a Nicktoon called El Tigre, mm-hmm. The Adventures of Manny Rivera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched, uh, I wouldn't say a lot of that, but I've watched enough of that. Hey. It's fun. All right. That's all. Great. Research on the spot here. Um, so, Dick, I believe you are summarizing this one for us. Uh-oh. Are you prepared? Listo ya. <clears throat> um, I'm prepared, but I am not whatever the other thing you said. Well... That's what Scar asks in Spanish. See, si. says oh, what asks. Uh, listo, por qué? Yeah. For the death of the king. Mm. I don't want to. I yeah. Don't want to make up Spanish on the spot. Okay. Okay, me neither. All right, yeah, all right, Dick. Are you ready? <sighs> Hold on. To let me summarize. Let me make sure I have a character dos list minutos up because there's a lot. O menos. There's there's a lot. I just want to say there's a lot. There, there's going a on. lot going on in this movie. We said that out loud many times during <sighs> the movie. And it's not. Not, it's not for me. It's not in a bad way. Yeah, and usually that's something that completely breaks you. That drives me bonkers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Wikipedia doesn't have a character list, so I'm pulling up IMDb. Oh no. Because I just I no. Wanna... Wikipedia has a character list. It is very long and not helpful. Yeah. It well, it's a cast list. Yeah. Instead yeah, yeah. of like a character list. Mm-hmm. So, okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. Vamos. Okay. So there's a thing where kids are going to a museum. That's not important at all. What's important is that they're being told a story about Manolo, Joaquin, and Maria. And uh, Manolo and Joaquin and Maria are like kids, and the boys uh, both love the girl, and there are some gods. Um, the gods are Zibalba? Shibalba? Shibalba. Shibalba and uh, Mary Beth. No, La Muerte. La Muerte. She's she's named Mary Beth in her museum lady form. Oh, okay. In my defense. Right. Okay, so these these gods decide to bet on which kid ends up with with the girl, which of these boys ends up with the girl, and she gets sent off to boarding school. And these boys get like tempted by the gods, and one of them has like a medal where he can't die, and the other one is like blessed with being nice. And um, Joaquin uh, becomes like a great hero. And Manolo becomes, uh, like, he doesn't want to be a bullfighter, but he's a real good bullfighter, but he wants to be a guitar man. And uh, Maria gets sent to boarding school. She comes back, and she meets the boys, and the boys are both still in love with her. And they propose, and a bunch of stuff happens. And then what? Oh, no. Maria gets killed by being bitten by a snake. And then um, everyone's upset. And then Manolo goes and gets killed by being bitten by two snakes. And then he goes into the the afterlife, the, the, the yeah, the world of the remembered. Uh, and 
he meets all his family and then they have to figure out where Maria is. But it turns out she didn't really die. Romeo and Juliet. And then he comes back to life and beats a bad guy who's destroying the town. Yeah. The end. (laughs) I feel like I missed a lot. There is so much plot in this movie. He gets to come back to life because he apologizes to a bull of bulls. Yeah, yeah, he apologizes to bulls. Because his thing is, he's the only one in his family. Well, you find out not, but he's the only one in his family who won't actually finish a bull. He doesn't want to kill it. Right. When when you say finish, Finish he he doesn't mind doing the running away from the bull, Mm -hmm. dodging the bull thing. He's like, hey, we don't need to stab these bulls to death after we do that. And they're like, you're an idiot, kid. Yeah. There's Kate, there's his fears and he apologizes. So much. There's like a genie. There's uh, that squeezed in there. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's like a lot of characters. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of things happening. And like I said, there's that that rapping where it keeps going back to like Mary Beth telling this story to a bunch of kids. It's a frame story, right? Like trying to make mythology more interesting for kids. Which honestly I don't know why that's necessary. We don't need the framing. So one one reason it might be there is that uh the director Gutierrez um conceived this at least that what he has said is he's conceived this as a trilogy mm-hmm. of like the adventures of Manolo, Joaquin, and Maria, where the first one is centered on Manolo, the second one would be on Joaquin, and the third one on Maria. So I can see how this frame story might be a way to, like, a through line. Sure. Um, but there hasn't been any production on any movie but this one. So no. yeah. this, this movie has some real Town vibes for me. I mean, there's direct, you know, I mean, this is an original story. Mm-hmm. It's presented as folklore, but... Manolo, Joaquin, and Maria, all They're original made up characters. For the story, yeah. um, but it has to do with, you know, with very real parts of, um, you know, Mexican folklore and mythology mm-hmm. um, and this tradition of Dia de los Muertos. And so, yeah, there is very much there. I mean, the story of Eurydice and Orpheus is basically in here. Right. Um, and I'm not sure if there's a Mexican counterpart to that. I was hoping to find more about like the Manolo story, but like, oh, well, that's they, they new. just made like it up. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it also has like a little bit of uh, dragon movie vibes. Dragon movie, flight of dragons. Flight of dragons, where like the wizards are choosing a champion, mm-hmm. this is, like, the gods choosing a champion. Mm-hmm. There's, there's like a lot. It also just there's a lot happening in this movie. There is, there is no downtime ever. No. No, none. No. None. None. And I'm okay with it. I feel like they, the director always knows where he's going next, where the story is going next. So even the scenes that have maybe a little less to do with anything, they're still, they're still focused, even if they're like frenzied in their pace or in their visual, kind of the visual stimuli Mm -hmm. coming at you. The scenes are still each about one thing, and there's a linear arc of a narrative going through all of them. Um, There aren't really subplots; just it's the three kind of, you know, the 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 three characters, the three main characters, kind of braided in together, um, which I like a lot. Yeah, and like uh, I will continue to say that there's way too much going on in this movie, and there were some problems. And also, I will continue to say that I 
Really had fun watching this movie. I'm also having fun watching your face because you are giving me a face like you just learned something. Siri or... has been picking up on a while of conversation. Oh. And Siri is wrong. Pacer in their visual kind does visual stimulus is coming at you. The things are still, it, the Siri's having a strong. I mean, that's actually not, not bad. Good job, Siri. Proud of you. Siri, order some light bulbs. We need them. No. Siri, order light bulbs. Mm. Um, we do for the office. Mm, well, maybe we can call on a god and make a bet mm-hmm. or take a rocket to the hardware store. Cool. So talk about your movie now. Yeah. It's not my movie. It's... Um, the other is... movie we watched for this episode is Over the Moon. Yeah. Dick, uh, you What's have... your experience with Over the Moon, Kate? Great. <laughs> Dick, do you have a question for me about my experience with this movie? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I heard about it a while ago, and Cellmates Podcast actually tweeted and Facebook posted about it, because um, it was announced that Glenn Keane was directing a movie for Netflix, a musical animated feature for Netflix. Glenn Keane, he's the guy from uh, like Best in Show um, and... All of the... No. Um, that's funny. Uh, Thank you. Glenn Keane is Disney Renaissance royalty. He uh, is the kind of lead animator for Disney during, you know, Little Mermaid onward. Yeah. Um, and he, Wait, he did onward? No, he did not. Ah! But he's basically, you know, if Mark Henn is the princess guy, uh, Glenn Keane is the, whoever the other main character is, right? Like, he's... Um, most famous or most like legendary for um, being the lead uh, supervising animator on the beast. Um, he also did Radigan. He also did um, Pocahontas. He like Glenn Keane is really legendary in Disney. He leaves Disney at a certain point. The last project he does with them is Tangled and he does the character design for, um, for Rapunzel mm. and I think maybe some other characters, but he's not a CGI man as much as that. Yeah hand-drawn animation so then he goes and does his own projects and this is the first big one of note his first time as a director Mm. and so it's like all right you've got the guy who was there for all the disney renaissance doing an animated musical movie we got to check this out i'm in it was announced that um philippa sue is a voice Mm and i'm a friend of the podcast friend of the friend (laughs) high school uh acquaintance of the podcast high school Kind of acquaintance. Not even classmate. She was a few years younger. High school classmate of the podcast's brother. Not the same year, though. Oh, come on. Let me have it. We did high school. Pippa Sue went to the high school that my brother and I went to, and we did theater with her, and she's very nice. And And she's ultra famous now. And there's no way that I'm going to bother her and take up her time for a silly podcast. (laughs) Ah! So we're (laughs) don't worry about it. She's busy. Yeah, she's a little busy. Or she's not. Who knows? Anyway, she could, you know what, Pippa, if you are just like out there relaxing and you're not busy, that's okay too. That yeah. It's a it's a it. stressful time for everyone. We all just need to do some self-care. So anyway, I'm in from the beginning yeah. and we watched this almost when it debuted, like within I mean, you if, if you're watching this right after the podcast comes out, you're also watching it right after it debuted because it's yeah, October it's very recent. Yeah. Dick, what's your experience with Over the Moon? I watched it. Hey. And I heard you talk about it. I mean, that's that's. that's I mean, that's it. Um, <laughs> no, I was excited to see it. The the art style looked cool, mm-hmm. and 
you know, I I don't know. Once once it's like, hey, it's Glenn Keane and like Pippa Sue and like some some other cool people. I'm like, hey, great. I don't need to know more about it. I don't need to watch previews. I'm just gonna watch this movie when it comes out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and so we did. That's true. Ta-da! Hey, good job, us. I am going to look at. You know what? No, I don't need to know his name. I'll look it up later. All right. I'm gonna summarize. The movie Over the Moon? Yeah. Over, okay. Go for it. Here I go. All right. Uh, Fei-Fei is a girl, and she has a mom and a dad, and they own a mooncake factory, or restaurant. And then uh, mom is really interested in science and, oh. like, astronomy, and so Fei-Fei is too. And then mom uh, gets sick, and she passes away, and so it's just Fei-Fei and her dad for a couple years, and then dad starts dating a new woman, uh-oh, and doesn't tell Fei-Fei, so Fei-Fei is pissed and is like, no, you've forgotten mom, and if you could just remember her, then you would never date anyone else and we could just be us again. So yeah. she decides that she is going to build a rocket and take it to the moon to um, get uh, proof that Chang'e, a um, goddess of the moon, exists because that was the story that her mom always told her, and she's like, great, if I can get, if I can get dad to believe in Chang'e again, then he'll... Forget everything else. and Anyway, so she builds a rocket, and she's pretty good at it. Like, she makes a couple trial and errors, but then she goes to the moon. The rocket, it, it works. And she That's goes true. with her bunny, Bungie. But, uh-oh, her um, maybe would-be younger brother, the son of the, guy, of the mom that her dad is dating. The son of the mom. All right. Is in the rocket, too. And, oh, no, uh, he's annoying. Oh, no. That's one of his superpowers. Anyway, they land on the moon, and they meet Chang'e. But Chang'e is not as maybe, like, kind and princessly as you might expect her no, to be. she's a little bit of a jerk. She's a little bit of a jerk. And she says, well, I'm not getting, I'm not giving you a picture with me until you find me the gift. And Fei-Fei's like, what's the gift? And she's like, go find it. And so Fei-Fei's like, ah, maybe it's in my rocket that like broke down way back there. And so she goes, but then there's other people that want to get it. And then she finds Gobi, um, who's a moon creature. And they find this doll of Chang'e that they think is the gift. And so they try to bring that back. Well, no, that gets eaten up or torn up or something. But really, it's in this moon cake that um, the new girlfriend gave her. There's a gift in it. Anyway, they bring it to Chang'e. And oh, man, there's too much yeah you should have you should have skipped some stuff there well but what could i anyway they bring it to her um and then she summons her lost love um ho yi and uh, like great they're gonna be together and she's gonna be happy no he's just a ghost for a minute they get to say goodbye and then she's really sad again yeah and fei is really sad because now she like can't go home and can't convince her dad um, but Fei-Fei and, and Chang'e together figure out that um, they cannot, you know, encase themselves in grief forever. They have to look around and... Do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. Um, and appreciate what they do have. And, you know, admire the family and the relationships that they do have in the present moment. And then uh, Chang or uh, Fei Fei clicks her ruby slippers together three times, and goes back home uh, with her new brother, and happily ever after. Any more? Do you want to no, stretch this I, out another couple of minutes? No, but I don't think I, I. I think I got the parts correct. Yeah, and you took way too long doing it. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, good. We agree. Uh huh. 
This movie was great. I re- I really enjoyed it. And by this movie was great, I mean parts of this movie were really great. Parts of this movie were, but overall, I really enjoyed it. There's, I mean, you can you can tell the care. So many moments of this movie felt extremely familiar in a way where, like, all right, you, director, have some experience creating, like, emotional connections between audience and characters, mm-hmm. right? He includes these little moments and these little, um, not even montages. I'm thinking of, like, even just the moment where Fei-Fei looks at um, an old picture of her mom and in the reflection, kind of their eyes match up. And so she sees her mom and herself. And she yeah. sees herself and her mom. And you're like, oh, that's classic Disney. Like, yeah. classic Keen. <laughs> like, you could you could tell uh, that extreme care was put into the look of this movie. Because it is stunning. Hmm. Like, even um, in... Uh, I don't know where that... It's like China, somewhere in China. Yes, they are. It's- um but yeah, in in like the the kind of smallish village in China, like you can look at the background and there are things to look at there. Like yeah. it goes deep. Yes. And that's really neat. And then they do amazing work with shadows. They do some really cool things with like uh when she's like kind of walking through uh like a willow tree or whatever. Mm. Um and and the the animation and the sets are just spectacular. And there's a lot of different animation styles. There's mm. like when she's building the rocket, oh my her God, yes. sketches animate in 2D and the moon creatures are this kind of like weird translucent. Yeah. They're um, all lit they're, yeah. they're all lit from the inside. Yeah. Which actually becomes a story point. Mm-hmm. Um but like that's really cool. Um and yeah, at the beginning the legend of Chang'a um is told on like her mom's scarf mm-hmm. and so, so it's kind it's, of like a it's like more of a watercolor watercolor kind of and pencil sketch just yeah. go- gorgeous this whole way through oh um wikipedia does not have budget information on this that's that is okay. weird but um there are some places where it does not seem like as much care was put in um i would i mm. I'm not going to say care. I feel like this movie, there was a lot of care put in. Uh Uh-huh. There's some finesse, I think, missing. I think this is for a lot of people working on it. I think this is maybe a first major project Mm. of this kind. Um, I think Glenn Keane kind of opened it up. He's like, great, who wants to get on board? Um, I think probably what you're maybe referencing is some of the music in it. Yeah. Um, No. 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 Not referencing the music. I am referencing the lyrics. Yeah, specifically. I think the, the music's really good. I think so too. Some of it some of it is more memorable than others. Um but yeah, the lyrics lack a, a finesse. Mm-hmm. They lack uh maturity and they lack a trust in the audience. Um and it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. But it is because everything else is like at a ten, the lyrics being at like a six or a seven. I found very distracting. Well, and I I do want to shout out Glenn Keane's trust in the animated movie musical, right? Mm. Like, it's a format that he's very familiar with. He knows it can be really powerful when done right. So Glenn Keane, and I guess the writing team as well, entrusts a lot of really major moments and major scenes 
two songs. Right. And the songs are not always strong enough to carry the moment yeah. in a way that you want them to. And you're like, oh, I know what you were going for. And uh, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I get I get the blue sky where the blue sky of this was supposed to be. And we didn't quite get there. And so it's a little bit, um, yeah. you know, a little bit of a letdown. But and there's what, two, two songwriters involved in this? There's three songwriters. Three songwriters. So um, one is... The person who did K-pop the musical, mm-hmm. I believe that is Helen Park. Which um, was um, there are uh, two think, K-poppy songs. Yeah, her songs. This. I assume her songs uh, are really fun. Yeah, yeah. I think they. I think they are a team. I don't think it was like piecemeal. Got it. As much, but yeah, probably her influences come out oh. more on the um, Chung uh as a character. It's kind of fashioned as this like. Like very like high couture celebrity, um, right? She's like the center of the universe <laughs> on this moon, and so her like opening song, "Ultra Luminary," is very K-poppy and very like whipping fans into a so frenzy. Fun, yeah, really, really fun. And she's got another song um, where she's <laughs> doing a ping pong match with the super annoying little brother, um, which is great. It's such a blast. It's like I mean, it's like the in in any other movie or any other style, it'd be like, uh oh, these characters are doing a hip hop battle, <laughs> but it's like it's the K pop version of hip hop, mm-hmm. right? So it it works and it's done really well with the animation yeah. and um. Also, I've, I've heard that Pippa has the, a little bit of a background with like hip hop and musical theater. Um, I oh, can't was Amelie, remember. Was Amelie a hip hop musical? That's it. Amelie has. Or a, was it Great a, Comet? A cabinet I for, battle. I forget. Rap. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the big battle rap between her and uh, Justin Trudeau. Nope. Josh <laughs> Groban. Josh Groban and Great Comet. They were not in the same production. That's Look, funny. you know what? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Let me have it. But one of the things that does work about that battle is that like it's with like a six-year-old boy. So he's making like fart, fart sounds and yes. his lyrics are great because they're said by a six-year-old boy. Like, they don't need to be that sophisticated. Be nice to my sister, you... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, but like at high speed rep is uh-huh. very fun. Uh-huh. Very fun. Um, I also really like I, I one of my like small moment joys in life that I don't get to experience very often is like hearing a solid I want song for the first time. Um, you were there in Moana when I like did a yes after the first time I saw how, how far, far I'll go. go. Like, oh, I nailed it. Got it. Um, and... Uh, um, Rocket to the Moon is mm-hmm. the I Want song in this one. As you said, like some of the lyrics are better than the others. I think the chorus, the hook is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it got music, stuck in my head immediately. Yeah, I, it's, I, know it's been, I know it's been stuck in your head because you don't Fly stop singing away. it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautifully written song. Mm-hmm. And like even though the lyrics don't always work, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, they do it. They do a thing. I I understand the intention. They the lyrics are a little bit overly specific, mm-hmm. right? You want a musical theater song to be about one thing and to flesh out this world, but it's really about another thing, right? Yeah. And what in in the instance of this song, it's expressing her hopes and dreams of wanting to reconnect with her mother and reconnect with her her dad in a way that used to be. Yeah. she's using this metaphor. I mean, for her, it's not a metaphor. She's actually building a racket. But, right, like, this, all of this, like, 
space and technology jargon is kind of taking the place. But there's a few lines where it's very specific, like, I'll prove to my dad that he doesn't need another girlfriend. Like the the one like, that oh you didn't that, that that's not necessary. The one that got me was at the 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 like sad song towards the end. Yeah, where it's like it's always sad when a family member dies. I mean, that's like the like, literal lyric. Oh, Pe- Pippa Sue sings the hell out of that oh, sings song. Sings the hell out of it, but yeah, She's so good. There's like a lack of subtlety with. With those lyrics. Dick, was there any music in the other movie that I, we watched? So I've, I'm excited to talk about this, too. <laughs> uh, there is. I think there are one or two original songs. There are. Mm-hmm. But mainly it's pop music. But. <sighs> so the first the first song that, that I noticed. Yeah. Um, our, our hero Manolo starts singing. Mm-hmm. And. It's it's when Maria goes off on a train and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'll wait for you forever." Mm-hmm. And he starts singing, and the the music is like very like mariachi mariachi mm-hmm. sort of instrumentation, but it's "I Will Wait for You" by Mumford and Sons. I mean, right when you were saying, "Is this a this is a Mumford and Sons song?" and I couldn't tell if you were saying that like. This is written like a Mumford and Sons right. songs, and then literally the next second he sings, the, "I will wait, I will wait for you." And it was just oh, like, "Oh, you mean a literal Mumford?" Oh, cool, I was song. right. <laughs> I'm like, this sounds a lot like Mumford and Sons, but why would it? No, it just is. It just is Mumford and Sons. And this is the main conceit of the score: is that it is pop songs mm-hmm. done mariachi style and done in a way to fit. Like there, a lot of this movie is very, um, it's echoes of Moulin Rouge, right? It's like mm. a kid's Moulin Rouge. Yeah. A lot oh, of it. From yeah. the way they use the music, right? For like these songs that evoke a certain like, okay, I know what this song is about. Mm-hmm. I know what this singer wants in this song. And so it makes sense for this character. But then redone to be in the universe, right? Yeah. But also like this is a very like, melodramatic story that's kind of larger than life and yet you connect with the characters despite the melodrama moulin rouge for kids is a great way of putting this and the original songs are really good yeah like like i i had a blast with most of the music mm -hmm. only there's like mm, the scene where um there's different the band, yeah, the, yeah. Each member of the band is like trying to sing a song, and it's and like, all right, we get goopy, yeah, we get the joke. You've you've done too many, yeah. Um, but it was still really nice. Um, the I also uh, always love a good Cheech Marin is singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes me laugh every he's, time. He's great. He's great. I don't know if you've noticed Cheech. that. Um, but yeah, uh, Diego Luna, I don't super know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's in a lot of things, but mm-hmm. not really anything I've. I watched except for um And Diego Luna is Manolo, the main the the one who likes to yeah. sing. Diego Manolo uh, Diego, Diego Manolo. Manolo. Diego Luna. Um he's in Rogue One and that's mm-hmm. all that I super know him from. But he's and, and also to be clear, I think you said this in your plot summary, but they don't stay kids for all of the movie. That's oh, just yeah, like yeah. the first act. They then grow you see them as he grows adults. up in the middle of right. I will wait I for will you. Wait. Um great like really, really cool. Like gritty voice, but like a good singer. Yeah. yeah. Um, like just su- surprisingly great. It was a blast. Yeah. That's yeah. all. It was great. Yeah. But yeah, it's it was really interesting each song to be like, all right, 
what song is this going to be? Uh, uh, what song is this going to be? Because it yeah. was, I mean, the scenes were built up like, and now there's a musical number. It's not just in the background. The characters are always singing the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a fun game. Um, and then when we didn't know, we we're like, oh, is this an original song or is this yeah. a Spanish pop song that we don't know? Is it? <laughs> yeah, because uh, the, like the direct, I love you too much. The director is from I think Mexico City, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, the like the big name producer is of course Guillermo del mm-hmm. Toro, uh, who has like a full like production facility in Mexico mm-hmm. where I assume a lot of the work was done or mm-hmm. the special effects work was done. So yeah, it would have been totally reasonable for that song to just be like oh yeah. it's a di-. because also it sounds a lot better in spanish yeah than it does we in were English. listening to the soundtrack right after yeah. we watched the movie and they have spanish versions of a lot of the songs which is really cool yeah um but yeah like the scanch and then the te amo y mas versus i love you too much is better but i don't know it it could have been written in spanish first right. for the movie and then translated but either way it. yeah yeah um you mentioned the visual style of Over the Moon, of yeah. like a lot of impressive things going oh my God, on, yeah. and a lot of ten. And I thought that of this movie as well. Like it is, it's CGI animated, mm-hmm. but the um, the framing of the story, right, of the museum lady telling it, she gets out these wooden figurines, kind of like Quasimodo style, <laughs> yeah. and starts telling the story with them. And then when you jump into the world, the characters look. Like, they're made out of wood. Yeah. They're, like, you know, Pinocchio is a movie we just saw. They're kind of... Right. <laughs> they've got these fun, like, joints, and not yeah. all their parts are completely connected. And, and, and like, the... um, Oh, God, what's the pig, pig's name? Chewy. Chewy. Uh, Chewy, like, he's round, uh-huh. but he's not, like, super sanded, so it looks like he was, like, carved out of a block of yeah. wood. And then lightly sanded, but you still see, like, the divots yeah. from where he was carved. Uh-huh. It, the detail in both of these movies and mm. over the moon it's really with like the the backgrounds and also like yeah. anything philippa sue's character wears oh and that's that is um intentional right those animated costumes are designed by a chinese haute couture fashion designer yeah and you can see like the stitching yes. in those costumes yeah. and and in in um uh book, book of life like you could see all of the details in, mm-hmm. in like, they sat down and either like carved these characters out of wood and yeah. then animated them, or they were just like, how would we carve this character mm-hmm. out of wood? And wood. How would we? How would we? Yeah. Um, yeah. The the attention to detail is is incredible. And this movie also uses different styles of animation. That's like true. when, when the characters. In the story that's being told by other characters, when they tell a story, then yeah, it when goes we go three D, yeah, three <laughs> D, then it goes to two D, yeah, and it's um, really a cool fun style yeah. too. Like it's more like paper, um, mm-hmm. you know, layers. Um, that's really cool. I feel like there was another. I guess the gods are a little bit more like flexible, and they're kind of made yeah. out of like fire and gases, and that's cool. Um, yeah, the, uh, both these movies look really really cool yeah and the the character design in book of life uh like you were saying earlier like a little weird Mm -hmm. proportions are a little weird and it made me think of leica Mm -hmm. Uh, it made me think of specifically um we watched uh, missing link missing link and i was like like they're like way too broad shouldered they're Mm -hmm. like super weirdly exaggerated angular and, and i was very turned off of this movie 
as soon as I saw those characters, mm-hmm. and then it won me over. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, normally, uh, yeah, just by looking at it, I'm like, ah, I don't think this is a movie I'm going to like. Yeah. And I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that another thing that um, sometimes sets me off in any kind of movie, but yeah. particular animated, is too much going on at one time. Mm-hmm. And this movie is is that. It's an insane amount of stuff going on. And yet on. I loved it in spite of it. Oh. The pacing is, not, it's what, like an hour 35, and at no point in the movie could we tell, like, what percentage of the movie we had watched. We were way too far into the movie when we finally got to the the afterlife, the, the world yeah. of the, the remembered. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no, you're starting a new movie right now. Yeah. And they kind of were, because they introduced new characters and everything, and it was... It was a lot. But I just thought every episode was done so well. Like, it it really made me believe that this story of the three friends was actual folklore. Because, yeah. like, oh, yeah, folklore, ha- you know, in Greek mythology, there are a thousand stories with Zeus. And so if you're telling a story about Zeus, you're going to see this episode and this episode and this episode. Mm-hmm. And that's what I assumed they were doing. No, they just created an original dense folklore. But... But I really felt cared for as an audience member all the way, as I was saying before, it it still felt very linear, even though we were going to these whole new worlds and meeting these new characters. Yeah. It felt like, it felt like we were living it along with, Manolo is the most (laughs) protagonist-y character of this movie. And it felt, you know, just like we're following him, like, oh, oh, I'm meeting all these people, but some of them I already know where I've heard a lot about, but I haven't needed to remember them in any of the other scenes in the movie. So right. I'm just, you know, mentioning them now. Yeah, it didn't feel like too much in a... I'm trying to feel it. I'm trying to think of an, a counterexample of a movie where it's like, oh my... I mean, right in um, Treasure Planet when we meet the Martin Short oh, robot. it's too much. And it's only one more character, but, but you're like, no, it's, I, no. It's such a character. <laughs> um, yeah, the Book of Life has elements of... And not like taken from, but elements of Coco, obviously. Could not have been taken from Coco. Um, it came out how earlier. to Train Your Dragon, the mm. whole bullfighting thing. Mm. It has ele- like it's just so many yeah. like ideas put together that it seems like it would be overwhelming, mm-hmm. and it's it's not. Yeah, like it's it's a lot, but no, it's uh, yeah. It's the, okay. the pacing is bonkers. Yeah. Like there are no acts really. Like if there are acts, there's like six of them. Yeah. But not in a terrible way like Pinocchio, yeah. in a way that you're like, what's next? What's next? Is there another chapter? Is there not? I, I don't know. What's, where, where are, what's happening? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we, we also felt, um, I guess, like not super aware of the passage of time in Over the Moon as well, right? Yeah. The pacing was also, I guess you could say, unconventional. There's just a, a lot. Yeah. 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 Because we get, we get a decent amount of her in China. Mm-hmm. Before we go to the moon. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like, it seems like the story kind of, it's, it seems like there's another act one on the moon. Right. And that's kind of a, that's kind of what throws me, right? Where it's another, I, the, the story I think we discovered was very influenced by Wizard of Oz. I am literally looking oh. up Wizard of Oz technicolor time code that is that is the google search i am doing like yeah because that's very much the structure of the wizard of oz too right like 
that the black and white part always takes longer than you think it like does when you're you watching you the Wizard yeah. of Oz and then you do you need a moment I can't figure out where it is oh, that's all right movie. so uh Audrey Wells was the screenwriter on this right and she she passed um from cancer before release yeah during production um during production but she was quoted as saying that like um, this is a little bit of a new telling of a Wizard of Oz style story. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, like an uh, interesting conversation I read with Glenn Keane where he was like talking about them kind of debating whether Dorothy actually goes to Oz in Wizard of Oz. Mm. And she's like, yeah, of course she did. Because mm. they were trying to figure out whether, um, whether Fei-Fei actually went to the moon. Or did she like wake up and be like, oh, no, I missed you guys. And Mm -hmm. like, that's really interesting, like having that conversation, Mm -hmm. even as people who are making this movie Mm -hmm. and like leaving it a little ambiguous, Mm -hmm. not in the way that like, say, Frozen 2 is completely ambiguous (laughs) and no one knew what was going on. But um, but like really cool. Um, Right. And that's you. You shortly mentioned this, um, that she said, well, yeah, Dorothy did go like to Dorothy Dorothy went I that's how kind of I got Mm. the gist of what Audrey Wells was saying like it doesn't matter if she actually did because to Dorothy she went and And to Feifei she went to the moon and if she didn't go to the moon that's boring we're yeah (laughs) it's like look we're making we're making a movie yeah uh we're making an animated movie with moon creatures Mm -hmm. yeah they're real why wouldn't they be yeah it's so boring otherwise yeah yeah. When she does leave her bunny up there, mm-hmm. like the um, her bunny Bungie falls in love with Jade, the bunny of um, Changa. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a thing. That's true. How does the frog still light up <laughs> over the garden wall? Yeah, right. yeah, great. Um, yeah, so both of these movies uh, really fun. Re- well, really fun, and they're about death in some big ways. Yes, <laughs> both. Um, I don't know. You were taking a drink and I was trying to <laughs> fill time because I didn't have anything. So di- you mentioned Audrey Wells' backstory. Yeah. Um, and I was reading some snippets of a Glenn Keane interview where he mentioned, you know, you can hear Audrey Wells' message to all of us and you can hear her message to her children. Yeah. So she's not, not a super old person um, when she passes away and she had children. Um over the Moon is a movie about Fei Fei coming to terms with her mother's death and figuring out her way forward, yeah, um, past her grief, um, and that's so fascinating and heartbreaking to know that the the head writer of this movie was someone who was trying to figure out what you know what do what stories do I leave for my kids yeah. to help them process their mother not being there in a few months or years, right? Um, uh, Book of Life is also about Dia de los Muertos and yeah. death and, um, you know, the different layers of the worlds and it, it super, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler. It's much more lighthearted <laughs> about all of that, but yeah. still both of these movies approach death. They approach them from different angles yeah. and they want to say something different about them. Uh, so I'm interested in having that conversation here okay go for it 
why why do you think death choose a movie yeah why is death involved so here's first first thing i want to say is um any any anyone that uh, is listening who follows the the sort of tradition of Dia de los Muertos and having to remember people or else they go to like a special purgatory hell, that's a lot of pressure and good seems, on you. It seems a little stressful. I am, I am so bad at remembering anything, and like uh, like people will bring people up and be like, "Oh yeah, I remember them," and like. Man, that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure. Just like I mean, once a month you're like, this person on Facebook, I guess I'm friends with them. I have no idea how no I no idea them. who they are. That happens yeah. regularly. Uh, so good, good, good on you if you, if you're, you know, putting up on a friend uh, or or otherwise remembering people. Good job. I would not be good at that. Um, but, I mean, let's start there, right? Mm-hmm. Let's start with 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 this story. I, the death. It's interesting because it doesn't seem like the most essential part of the movie. Like right. death is kind of a thing that happens, but it's not permanent. It's not super con- consequential. Um, it's more treated as a story mechanic versus a like emotional theme. Yeah. And it's less treated as loss and more, being somewhere else Mm. right Mm -hmm. because uh when manolo dies Mm -hmm. and he goes to uh the world of the remembered or the land of the remembered i forget which um and he like meets his family and everyone's having a party Mm -hmm. and especially because it's uh dia de los muertos Mm -hmm. but like everyone's having a party everyone's having fun it's like Mm -hmm. and everyone's like oh it's so good to see you and then his mom's like wait you're here too early what's going on but like death is never it's never that like characters around him are sad that he died mm-hmm. the, yeah still living characters the still living character but it's never treated as like this horrible thing it's more of an inconvenience he's right. like oh crap i'm dead and maria's still alive i guys i got to leave this place and go back to that other place well and if my village doesn't defeat these invaders then they will all die right and all of us will be forgotten and so we go another tier down to the land of the forgotten and that's not fun like dying not that big a deal being forgotten biggest deal right so that's like it's really interesting the way that's kind of treated in the movie like there's death and then there's death Mm. like real death Mm -hmm. where people forget about you Mm -hmm. um so yeah did that answer what you wanted to address? Yeah, I I think it, it's it's interesting, right? Like having different traditions represented here yeah. and different different traditions than what we grew up with mm-hmm. in terms of you know what is death and how do we process it and yeah, um, I mean I grew up with people and animals would go to farms where they can run around and play. Well, yeah. Well, my great aunt is somewhere somewhere on a farm galloping around. <laughs> that's not that's not true. Uh, we did, I did not. Nothing went to a farm in my family. Uh, it just died. Um, we buried it in the backyard. Again, not people, just animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I guess perhaps I'm now just thinking out loud. Ooh. One of the reasons for the framing story is 
you know, this book of life has all the stories in it that have ever happened. And so by these kids knowing this story, there's another layer of people who can't forget, right? Of people oh, who can that's remember Manolo and yeah. Joaquin and Maria. Um, and so it really makes a bigger deal out of stories in yeah. general, right? Huh. Um, it's, it, um, I want to go two different directions with this now. Do it. Over the Moon has both death and stories. They don't necessarily, they kind of <laughs> tie to, right? Chang'e is a goddess in Chinese mythology. Uh-huh. And it, um, she, it, it's it's interesting as I was reading up on the history um, of this, the um, Fei-Fei's aunts in the beginning of the movie are very fun. Like mm-hmm. her family, very I love, fun. they all come I love over. Her aunts. They all come yeah. over for the Harvest Moon Festival and they're trading stories about what, okay, what's the real story of Chang'e? Did she take these immortality pills and go to the moon to cheat Ho Yi out of them? Right. Or did she do it to save him because there was an invader and the and immortality kind of pills would go to the bad guy? Yeah. But all potion. of these potions. Potion. All of these are different versions of the myth. Mm. All of the ones they mentioned, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's taking that, the story and folklore that you would hear growing up in, um, you know, Chinese community. And then pinning that with, um, you know, a parable about death, both in Fei-Fei's world and in Chang'e's world. I think that's really interesting. I don't know how much those two that you know that story and the concept of death are paired in in Chinese culture um but I think it's a good use of you know going back earlier an animated movie is about something but it's really about something yeah and using the myth of or I don't know yeah myth would be goddess yeah. goddess using the myth of Chang'e as a vehicle to talk about grief and to talk about you know why is Chang'e in the moon and how does she get Right. Back with Ho Yi and or does she does it like right? I think it's a really interesting way to approach this, and particularly the death of a parent, right? Where it feels you you know you don't have all of the coping mechanisms. It's hard enough for an adult to lose someone, but as a child to lose half of your whole world. Yeah. Um, and I I I really like the way it was done. You know, as you said, some of the moments were a little bit more heavy handed than others. Sure. Um, you know, but I wonder how much of it is, you know, the actual writer struggling with her mortality and what do my kids leave behind? And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mince words, you know, part of that line of like, it can be hard when a family member dies. Right. It feels a little clunky, but, you know, maybe mom is thinking, well, those are the words my kids need to hear. And, and I also wonder how much of the production team is kind of wary to I was warp just about her to say, ideas yeah. too much in You're the like, final year of production. If, if she like she passed in 2018, mm-hmm. there's plenty of movie to make yet, and there are still edits and story beats to make. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, like how much do you change anything mm-hmm. that she wrote at that point, right, yeah. or that she wanted at that point? Like, mm-hmm. I I might err on the side of not changing it, right? Right, right. But I do think it, it is a movie that approaches death more head-on than a lot of other movies. Yeah. Um, we were, as we were watching the movie, we're like, oh, this is a better done version of Wonder Park, mm-hmm. right? Which we, we watched um, several months ago. I love the idea I of love the Wonder idea Park of Wonder Park so much. 
Just not and the movie part of it. Yeah, I wonder if Over the Moon is kind of what Wonder Park wanted to be, and then no. it lost its director and no. went all over the place. Um, I still, do you have, like, kind of in your head, you know, if if you had someone in your family or extended oh. relations, no, 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 that, like, you know, oh, you know, Dick, you know about animated movies, you do a podcast, oh. what would be a good movie to show a child who has lost someone? Right. Like what mm. what do you think? Is is there a movie that kind of, you know, on a level of like inside out talking about I mean, depression and puberty like. Wh- oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't and, call inside out a depression. No, movie. no. But like um, talking about feelings and being able to put words. to. Here's it. here's the thing is I think it depends on the message. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, I think Over the Moon is a great uh, is, a, is a really good movie and really touches on some stuff the biggest things are moving on with your life right right and and being okay with it mm-hmm. um you've got something like finding nemo where mom dies mm-hmm. early and really it's kind of like a, f- a father-son relationship and like dad maybe don't be so overbearing and son like look your dad's been through some trauma and he's trying to mm-hmm. di- right like there's there's like different messages mm-hmm. from each um so yeah, I don't know. Also, like, I know mom gets better at the end. Of uh, Wonder Park? No, of oh. My Neighbor Totoro. Oh. But uh, My Neighbor Totoro is such a good go-to, like, movie in general. But mm-hmm. it's also like, a, hey, mom is away at the hospital and, like, kids are dealing with it. So Right, right. Which we did do with Wonder Park. Yeah. What about you? Do you have, like, a... I was going to say, I don't really know if there's one. I think what you said really hit it. It depends on, like, the child and it depends on what stage of the process they're going through. I don't think it can hurt to have more movies about real things and things that are hard to talk about, right? Like, humans in general, but especially kids, learn and develop so much through stories. Through creating their own stories, through reading stories, sharing stories. Um, and movies are one way to do that. Yeah. And so I really appreciate having this out there, right, as another it also, story like, to tell. This may be completely wrong, but it feels like uh, a newer phenomenon for like a parent to get sick and die when a child is, not when a child is young, but mm-hmm. a parent to be expected to live into like their eighties or nineties, mm-hmm. right? Like a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, it's like, yeah, my dad died when he was 50. Oh yeah. He had a nice long life. Mm. Right. Like, yeah, that's not unusual, but now it's like, it's less usual. And so maybe needs to be talked about more. I mean, and you can right? like the whole, the Disney trope of one of the parents just isn't there and yeah. we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. It's there's just, just a, not assumed, a mom. Don't worry yeah, about there's it. There's not a mom. There's not We're a mom. Not don't worry about questions. it. It's fine. That's interesting then to track, right? Yeah. Like I feel like more often than not now, kids do have two parents in animated movies and I wonder where that switch yeah. happens. That's fascinating. Yeah. Also, I could just be talking out on my ass. <laughs> it's a podcast. That's my job. But right, like things turn around, and and, and I mean, unfortunately, especially in yeah. twenty twenty, these movies are going to unfortunately have a lot more relevance. Use. Yeah, yeah, relevance. Speaking of uh, twenty twenty, <laughs> um, no, there, there's something I wanted to bring up that I don't know if we if we wrote down, but um, 
you really, really hate it when movies star, say, uh, someone of Mexican descent or someone of uh, Asian descent, and they're played by random white, white people. people. How how about these movies? How, how do they these do? do? Um, they I feel like they are doing well for the 2020 standard, let which me, is basically make your... I, there is a glaring exception. No, 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 but hold on. Let me just read some names from Book of Life. Uh-huh. Diego Luna, Zoe Saldana, um, Kate Del Castillo, Hector Elizondo, Danny Trejo, Carlos Elizraki, uh, Cheech. Placido Domingo, yeah. uh, Gabriel Iglesias, uh, and oh, I got to give a shout out. He's not my MVP, but Miguel Sandoval. He's the captain of the land of the remembered i don't super remember him in that but he's the dude at the beginning of jurassic park who's digging for fossils oh. and he goes uh it's like oh you'll never get grant he's like uh grant's like me he's a digger that's all i love him he's like one of my favorite characters in jurassic park and he has like four sentences uh-huh. he's great um so this is great, right? <laughs> this, the general casting of this movie, yeah. really great. Um, there's also a Channing Tatum in there. Yeah, there's a Channing Tatum. Um, and uh, he plays Joaquin, like the secondary mm-hmm. uh, male lead. Christina Applegate plays the museum lady. Who is white. Like, who is, who right? is white and who is, is um, a disguised version of, of La, Muerte, La Muerte, who is performed by a more, right. um, more relevant. Ice Cube is the candle maker. Yeah, he's kind of like a genie. Yeah, he's also just not great. He, I think he's do. We had this discussion. I think he's doing the best he can given the lines he was given. Yeah. Because the lines he was given is like, oh, we have a genie mushu donkey opportunity yeah. here. Didn't need to be like that. Um, the rest of the characters don't talk like that. And also there's Ron Perlman, but... If, Ron Perlman is great as Chibaba. If Guillermo del Toro does something, Ron Perlman is in it. <laughs> He's in it. <laughs> so we'll give that one a pass. Yeah. Um, That's like being upset that Tim Burton cast. Well, okay. But it's, <laughs> it's like being, being upset that Tim Burton cast Johnny Depp in a movie. It's yeah. like, well, you let Tim Burton direct it. What uh, did you think was going to happen? This is kind of on you. It's like, yeah, Guillermo del Toro did a movie. Ron Perlman is in it. That's how it works. Um, so, so yeah. Book of Life. Book of Life. Pretty good. And especially, I think, for 2014, that's we're starting to go that path. But I feel like now, post really post-2018, yeah. you've got it. Um, and Over the Moon does a really great job. Um, Sorry, wait. And uh, Book of Life also, again, produced, directed, I believe, written by like Mexican-Americans yes. or Mexican-Mexicans. Yeah. Like, real... Real good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Makes me happy. Um, Over the Moon, similarly, mm-hmm. the the creative team is um, more white. That's right. Yeah. But the producers, the, it's Pearl Studios who did Abominable. Yeah. Um, and they're a major, before Abominable, even a major distributor of animated films in China. Yeah, they were, what, like DreamWorks Shanghai or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so they're a Chinese studio. Mm-hmm. So they're overseeing everything. I feel I feel pretty good about this movie in terms of, um, you know, cultural responsivity. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I should have looked into it, but I did see an article headline of like, what over the moon gets wrong about Chinese mythology. Sure. So it's not completely, but... Um, oh, Glenn Keane plays the space dog. 
the space dog. The big oh, space dog the, that takes yeah, a bite out of the moon. There you go. Um, yeah, but the the cast in here, um, Kathy Eng plays. Fei Fei. Fei Fei. John uh, Cho. Pippa Sue, John mm-hmm. Cho, um, Ken Jeong, mm-hmm. who is um, Korean. Um, yeah, and I think like it's not all of, it's not all like Chinese. Not all Chinese cast, but, but like mostly Chinese American, Chinese Asian, Filipina, yeah. Korean. Yeah. So uh, good job over the moon. Ken Jeong does a great job, by the way. Ken Jeong. Did he's, you? He's a little. He's a little space creature. I don't even know what Gobi's supposed to be. Some kind of like lizard. Like lizard dog armadillo. Lizard dog. He's got a long tongue, but he might have fur. But he's it's hard gray. to tell because he's glowy. But he's like okay. When did you find out Ken Jong was a great singer? In this movie. Yeah. So I knew that he sang a song. Like the yeah. day before we saw it, I saw him tweet about it, and like it was an opportunity of a lifetime to sing in an animated movie. I'm like. Great. I know what you are. You're like an Olaf. You're going to have an in-summer kind of showcase. And not to say that Josh Gad can't sing, because he can, but it's much more of a comedic song than yeah. a showcase for Josh Gad's vocals, right? But, but Ken Chalk's song is gorgeous. And it's just really sweet and yeah. lovely. It is not an in-summer. It is yeah. not a comedic song. No. It's just, it's called Wonderful, I think. And it's about, you know, look at all the stuff that's around you, isn't it? Cool to see that the you know the sun rises every day and every day is a little bit different and you know things get lost and you grieve and, but you move on and yeah. you see new wonderful things and it's really sweet it's like a like kind of an acoustic guitar vibe yeah and he is such a good singer like John Mary yeah 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 but yeah he's he's a great singer and I think there are like two different sides of Ken Jong, uh-huh. right? There's super extreme, like crazy guy. Like and then like really adorable. Yeah. And also like also community. Also community. Right. Like <laughs> but both, just, yeah. those are like his two kind of extremes. Right. And uh it's Gobi, right? You're gonna adopt me? He's he is Yeah, Gobi is so cute. Yeah. He just captures that that cute Earnest sweetness. Earnest. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have, he's kind of thrown in there. He kind of doesn't have. In, yeah, a little bit more than halfway through. Yeah. Kind he, of like an Olaf. He kind of doesn't have as much to do yeah. as I'd kind of want. Yeah. But he sings a beautiful song. Yeah. He does a couple of funny things. And we learned that it's not just they didn't like auto-tune for this movie. Ken Jong can legitimately yeah. sing. Which might be a surprise to us and no one else. Right. Right. It's like he sings on the season four opener of community. Yeah. But he's like doing his wacky Ken Jong thing. So like it's it's hard to tell whether he's singing or not because he's just being wacky. But we plan to right before we started recording this episode, yeah. we learned that we're going to go on a Ken Jong singing things rabbit yeah. hole on YouTube because we found an amazing video. Yeah. You, you found that. Well, so so <laughs> some background on this. Uh, one, uh, one of the songs that is sung in The Book of Life, the Book of Life is Creep by Radiohead. Uh-huh. And when it comes in, it's very weird, but like really nice. I, Creep might, might be like one of the most malleable songs that yeah. kind of works well in any genre you put it in of the last i don't yeah. know when it was like last 25 years last I, 30 years i don't know if lyrically it made sense 
in the spot it was. No, but it sounded good as like a sounded, mariachi song. Yeah, it, it sounded sounds beautiful. It good as a children's choir song in the yeah. social network. It, it was really good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. How? Creep, I just scratched your foot. She just sorry. attacked me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then I was like, oh, let me just look on YouTube for Ken Jeong singing. And the South Korean version of Masked Singer, uh-huh. which is like King Masked Singer or something like that. Um, Ken Jong was on there and singing Creep by Radiohead. So like, oh, cool. It tied in our movies together. And he kills it. He kills it. He like, does great. He's wearing this goofy, you know, glittery pig mask because yeah. that's the Masked Singer. But like the audience is like, oh, this is fun. And then like he gets halfway through. And even though he's doing like ridiculous Ken Jong moves yeah. sometimes like he is emotionally nailing this song and I feel like part right through the audience is just like oh am I at a paid concert now when, like am I seeing an into that, artist when he breaks into that falsetto oh the she's running out the door yeah I can't do that and then but, he does kind of like that rock um, run, like, ah! he gets and he gets that really so broken up Ken Jong voice yeah he's amazing I think I need to see Ken Jong in concert. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. Great. So anyway. uh, With that. Yeah. Is there anything else we need to throw out? No. Okay, cool. Um, So it's time for the final cut. Final cut. Here we go. Kate. Yeah. uh, Let me ask you. Mm -hmm. Do you have uh, knowledge of what our first segment is? Scene shout out. Scene shout out. It is scene shout out. Do you have a scene shout out for Over the Moon? I will. Over the Uh, Moon. (laughs) Yeah. Moo with me. Yeah. Don't. Don't moo with me. Um, I really enjoyed... Uh, no. It's okay. You didn't I'm like gonna, it. That's no, fine. No, because you're going to... You're, you've got more attachment to the one that I was just going to do. So oh, God. Whether or not you actually do Pressure it. on me. Um, I am going to take the literal just moment... So the little brother, who I did not look up the name for oh my prior God, to this. Oh my God, he's amazing. He's really great. I'll look it up Thank while you, you. talk. Um, he's like a, in the pantheon of Kate characters, a very um, like obnoxious but earnest little boy, little pudge monster, um, mm. and just has really good one-liners. And um, he wants a sister while Faye Faye's like, ugh, I don't want a brother. And one of his things is he believes he has a superpower to um, burst through walls, to yeah. like evaporate to the other side of a wall. And he has this hilarious running gag where he will just run out a solid wall and say, no, no barriers. His and name then is Chin. Chin. He will slam into the wall because he doesn't actually have this power. But the first time he does, I, I swear, some atoms went through. Yeah. I saw some atoms go through. Yeah, like he fully believes he has this power. Um, the One of the, the last climactic scene where um, Fei Fei and Chang A are singing about Chang'a. grief. Chang A, sorry. Ugh, Chang A, thank you. Um, They are, so um, Chang A is in this kind of like, a massive solitude she's in like a darkness and the yeah. characters who the other characters are barred by this um kind of like see-through kind of glass window but it's magic and yeah. anyway they can't get through it but Feifei tries and does and then gets stuck in this grief world which I thought was a neat little metaphor of um for that and so the rest of the characters then try to break through the wall again to get Feifei out and 
um, Chin has already tried to break through this wall, saying no barriers. But the second time he does it, he's so passionate. And he's like, and he just, he makes this face and says, I want my sister. And he busts through and he does make it through his like power of love. And there's something, you know, we were talking about those small moments that there was just so much care care and attention paid yeah. to these mo- moments. I swear the the expression on his face is one he doesn't make the rest of the movie. It's very yeah. unique to this moment. And the, just, I want my sister. Like, she's not even his sister yet. And he just cares that much about her. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, that I, made me tear up. I want to say that, um, that, that like depression, like cage that she's in or whatever mm-hmm. is like a really nice metaphor right like mm-hmm. all these people are on the outside and they're saying hey it's gonna be fine we love you we love you we care about mm-hmm. you come out and she is just like put up a literal wall mm-hmm. and like nothing they say can get to her and they can't get in because she won't let them in she won't let them in and she can't hear them right it's yeah. muffled it's oh mm-hmm. it, that scene like very powerful uh even though i don't really care about the character. Mm-hmm. Right, just like that's that sequence was, mm-hmm. yeah, really nice. Uh, what's my scene shout out? You had mentioned um, that you really liked the first song, the opening song. Oh I yeah, know if you were going to shout that. No, out. I do really like the the opening song. It really so the the opening song is I forget what it's called, but it's about making uh, mooncakes. It might be called mooncakes. It might be called mooncakes, and it's just a really nice introduction song lets you know the world lets you see these wonderful looking cakes being made mm. which i always love in the song <laughs> um there's good looking food in this movie yeah and it, it it just it like it's like cool here are the characters here's what's going on um yeah i don't, I don't like have a ton to say about it i just loved it it made me really happy the the everything's very kinetic mm-hmm. like Things are constantly happening in the song. People mm-hmm. are moving back and forth. The camera is moving. Just stuff is happening, and it sets up the the movie really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's another example of taking a specific thing, this yeah. kind of family business of mooncakes, and you see the daughter grow up and learning how to make mooncakes, yeah. and you see how it connects them as a family. You see their routine, um, and, and then it, for that to be upset by the... Yeah. The trauma of the mother's death. And as someone who does not come from China mm-hmm. and who does not come from a family of like bakers, right? Like, it's like, cool, here's where we are. Got it? Okay. Here's what these characters do. Okay. Got it? Cool. Mm-hmm. Now we can start the movie. Yeah. Like, it's it's a really good uh, way to introduce everything. Yeah. Bring you in. And like, as soon as. Um, like the new girlfriend is like, oh, I thought we could add some of these dates to a moon cake. That's how my family does like, it. Like, I knew, like, oh, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> uh, and it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it it sets it up so that you care about a traditional moon cake recipe. When, yeah. If you asked me what a moon cake was, I would have said, oh, yeah. Maybe something with dates in it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Kate. Mm hmm. What about that other movie, Book of Life? Book of Life. I am... I really liked... It wasn't as connected to the rest of the movie as what I had hoped. But I really liked the um, 
the final the bullfighting sequence in the land of the remembered yeah um where you know the the conceit of um la muerta and chibaba is the entire time they're making bets against each other they make these wagers and so manolo makes a wager against chibaba that um you know challenge me to anything anything at all and if i win let me go back to the land of the living and help save my town um chibaba goes great What's your greatest fear? Mm, scans him. Got it. So he has to fight all of the bulls his family has ever killed, which is thousands. Lots. So not only are, like, it's a bunch of skeleton bulls that looks really cool, and then they nass up to make a giant bull of bulls, um, much cooler than a Ralph of Ralph's. Although, you know, a Ralph, Ralph of Ralph's was made really well. Gross. It was creepy, but Gross. it was made well. Um, so it's this giant skeleton bull, and then the moment that he decides to apologize to it instead of yeah. kill it and apologize in song, right? He's got this very um, fork in the road moment where he's looking at his sword and the guitar on the ground next to each other and he picks up the guitar. Um, like I said, it's not super having to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah, It's not a major theme that like choose music over killing, yeah. but uh, very effective in the moment and all of the visuals are so stunning that it's a really cool scene. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my, my scene shout out is s- much smaller. It's a very tiny scene. Um, I, I, when Manolo is in like the land of the dead or the land of the remembered, um, he's like taking this journey with his mother, his uncle, his mother and his uncle, I think. Or his grandfather, yeah. Um, and uh, like right in sequence, there are two of my favorite jokes in the movie. Uh, the first is when, I, I think it's his uncle, but let's say it's whatever. Luis. Is the Luis, name. yeah. Uh, he, his head gets separated from his body and his body is like destroyed. And he's like, hey, my arthritis is gone. <laughs> um, and then like very shortly after that, uh, Manolo's grandmother just suddenly shows up and it's like, Mama, what are you doing here? Cholesterol. Because well, dad has just shown up yeah. too. Because oh, dad just atta- showed up because like, he got killed in battle. The village is being laid siege to by this army. And so you expect like, all right, one, of the t- one at a time, this, these village members are going to come down because they've been killed by these warriors. Yeah. Because that's what's happened with dad. But with grandma, nah, cholesterol. Yeah. Uh, really funny she's also just a funny yeah. funny character yeah. um that's something i would have liked to see is more people of the town coming down mm. and seeing that threat of the town being wiped out right and so it's a very real threat of us being forgotten but, right right you know um yeah so that's my scene shout out yeah that's great if you were going to crown an <sighs> mvp yeah of uh these two movies combined mm. Who or what would you give that title to? Well, I'll start by saying I, I was very keen uh, on both of these movies. Uh, so I think it's pretty obvious that my choice is Ken Jong. He was... Ah! <laughs> for two reasons. One, he was really fun. Uh, he sang a really nice song. And also, he seems like a dude I want to do karaoke with. <laughs> um, yeah, like... Really, really a wonderful part of these two movies. Um, not these two movies. Really a wonderful part of Over the Moon. 
Um, yeah, just an absolute blast. Uh, and of course, the other reason I wanted to shout him out is because I knew you were going to shout him out and I, I wanted know. to steal yours. When you started to say Keen, I'm like, okay, good. You'll do Glenn Keen. I'll do Ken Jong. Uh-huh. This will be. Mm. Who's yours? Mm. Who's yours? Well, it was Ken Jong, but. Oh, um, nope. I already picked that. No, I am going to go with um, Jorge Gutierrez, okay. the director of Book of Life, yeah. because I am all about just let's you know we did the disney renaissance format for many years and it worked really well but there is certainly space to get other types of structures and formats into animated movies um and i think this was he made some giant swings in this movie and i think it for the most part really paid off this kind of frenetic structure or frenetic pace reminds me a lot of like a Meet the Robinsons or something, but I mm-hmm. think this Meet the Robinsons maybe has some more emotionally impactful moments, but I think as a general arc and like the the pacing aids this movie in a really interesting way and never gets in its way, whereas I feel sometimes Meet the, Meet the Robinsons, the pacing gets a little bit in its way. Yeah. Um. So I just, I like that. I'm like, I want to see people do more weird things with animated movies and also the choice to use like pop songs and mariachi style. It sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. Right? It sounds like a terrible but it's, idea. It works. And it really works. And it's really fun. I enjoyed it every time. Yeah. And mixing in those original songs I think is good too. Because then you have songs that actually do speak to that moment in time. Um, so just, yeah. I want to see what else he does. And, yeah. may- and maybe El Tigre is a place to start because I've never seen that. Yeah, but like it seems like his career is like moving forward. Right. Right. What is next from him? Yeah. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. All right. Um also Pippa Sue. Hi Pippa. Yeah, Pippa. Shout oh, out. Pippa's Just general Pippa's great. General yeah. MVP. Like uh both both of her early songs in the movie, mm-hmm. her intro song and the ping pong competition mm-hmm. song, like she she kills it she kills both of it yeah she's also her really, voice work is she's really, really good at singing pop. i might i might just change my answer to pippa sue yeah. i <laughs> like she's tremendous like and for part of this movie um changa is more of a villain character yeah you know it twists at the end um but she does a really good the the moment where i'm like oh this is a villain this is not uh this is not a princess this yeah. is a villain like oh Oh, Pippa gets to play the villain, which like, and she does a fantastic job of it. I feel like, like, she can only do in animation uh-huh. because her face just says like, "I am the good guy. I am uh-huh. fairly innocent, and I am a protagonist." Like, if you see a picture of her smiling, it's like, "Oh, she's the good guy." She. But it reminds, right, like, um, roles I've seen her in in New York have been very, like, ingenue-based, right? Yeah, But, like, she did Pippin at our high school as the lead, as leading player. Oh, that would have been fun. And so this role reminds me more of that, of, like, oh, there's just so much to this character. And she she kills it. She's got range. She kills it. She's so fun. Yeah. She's so fun. Uh, Crossover is next, where we cross over to elements, but, yes, you've already done MVP, so crossover is next. Yeah. All right. Who are you crossing over? I am crossing over. I mean, I got to uh, ba- uh, Baby Chewy 
and the, the tiny pig, the tiny pig, yeah, not the big pig. The, He's less cute. The tiny pig who people hold in ridiculous ways. The bit, yeah, uh-huh. yes. Like they hold him upside down, and his eyes like shift on his head. It's great animation. It's great animation. Baby piglet. Very baby fun. wooden piglet. Uh, Chewy and yeah, probably Chin, right? Yeah. Like Chin and Chewy would have some great adventures. Oh. I know he's got like a frog, but um, you know. The frog could have a companion. Yeah, I want. I wanted Bungie to be a bigger part of it, but Bungie was more like a like the Moana pig. Bungie was a girl rabbit. Yeah, like it seemed like she was going to be more in this movie, yeah. but she was the girl rabbit for the boy rabbit that we met halfway through the movie. I also, Dick, for a while, I thought the boy rabbit was Ho Yi. I thought it was. I kind of thought so too. Yeah, because like the the Jade Rabbit was doing some mysterious potion brewing and, and like hopping around the scenes, and she like, was yelling at him in weird ways. He's a different shape than the other rabbit. Yeah, like I guess he's a hare instead of a rabbit, yeah. or I don't know. Look. Yeah, I was really hoping. Yeah, I like knew in one scene. I think I said out loud, like, "Oh, okay." Like, oh, it's I Ho knew. Yi. No, I was wrong. It's Ho Yi, and she's like keeping him as a rabbit right. for some reason right. or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Chewy and Chin. Nice. Wild Adventures. What would you cross over, Dick? Um, Channing Tatum and more animated features. <laughs> uh, he's always great. He was great in Book of can Life. You just say more animated features. Yes, That's I can. That's not incorporating yes, over I can. the moon. Okay. Um, uh, I want to cross over um, a Chin and Joaquin, but baby Joaquin. Uh, where Joaquin like he's like a oh they even have a right it's like no surrender no yeah yeah no defeat no surrender or something like that no retreat no no barriers no barriers but uh, when we first meet Joaquin he has a like a toy sword (laughs) and a mustache glued on yeah but you kind of don't know it's glued on at first because the animation leaves it a little ambiguous right Uh, and that kid is a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think him and Chin would get into a lot of fun trouble together. We just want everyone to meet Chin. Yeah. We, he's great. We should I mean, call him. I want Chin to meet, uh, like, if I can cross anything over, mm-hmm. it's Chin and, uh, what is his name, the kid from Up? <gasps> Russell. Yeah. Oh, Chin they'd be best Chin friends. Russell would be great together. Uh, yeah. 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 Yep. Great. All right, Dick, I think it's time for the final, final cut. Ta. Where we take one movie at a time and we decide whether we would personally re-release it, yeah. give it some kind of special edition, Ooh. or vault it. <gasps> vault. Whoa. Whoa. Boom. Yeah. Um, Start with the Book of Life. What do uh, you do, Dick? I want to start by saying that I... I think there are some weird pacing issues with this movie. I think there are like a few too many pop songs used as jokes. Mm-hmm. I think um, there are some framing device. There's a framing device that's not needed and there's too much going on. That being said, re-release. Uh, people should watch this. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't, I don't personally need to change it. I think it's really, I think it's really interesting as is. And I think what you said about like, there's some differences in the storytelling, but I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of an interesting conversation piece is it's like, cool. Like this is, this is different, but it's still enjoyable. 
what do we learn from this in positives and what do we learn from this in negatives? Mm-hmm. So re-release, boom. Yeah, I, I think I am the same. I have the same, um, you know, tiny criticisms that yeah. you do. I, I think this would only get better with a re-release and fi- filling out that trilogy, right? Like, mm. what does the director have in mind for this whole story? Because yeah. it does seem more of like an epic, you know, there are so many tiny stories fit into just this one movie. How many more? And I really love this world. And so, and I think the framing device would make more sense if there are more movies, right? Like, a lot of the, the parts would make more sense if there's just more of it to absorb. Um, but yeah, re-release. I, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I like want to go back because I'm sure I missed many jokes because there's, we said out loud many times in this movie, there is a lot going on. Yeah. Which is usually bad, but not, not here. No. Mm. Oh, uh, I'd Ooh. take out Ice Cube and put someone funnier in there. I thought he sucked. I, I was indifferent, indifferent to the performance of Ice Cube in yeah. this movie. You were indifferent to the performance of the genie-like character in this movie, that must mean that he was not very good. He, I mean, but the, he didn't have much to do. Well, he sucked, and it was unclear why he. Was what there would you in the do with um, Over the Moon? Um, <laughs> I, I, I want <laughs> re-release it uh, a week later uh, after it was released. Um, I want, I, I <laughs> want another pass of the lyrics. Yeah. Um, so just a special edition with like, okay. Now, like animated movies are really hard to yeah. write for in general, but especially write the music for. And we, you know, if you want a great example of that, watch the Frozen Two documentary that mm-hmm. we can't stop talking about. Um, I kind of want to watch that again. I kind of want to watch it again. No, well, we've seen Frozen Two another time since then. Yeah, Kate, I think we might start that again. I tonight. think we might need to. That's great. Okay. I will watch some Ken Jong singing his little heart out, yeah. and then some Frozen Two documentary. Yeah. So if you don't have um, you know, one of the composers has K-pop under her belt. Another one has like Chaplin the musical and a couple other smaller projects under yeah. his belt. Um, but I don't believe that any of them have written like an animated musical before. Mm. Um, so I'm sure these songs had to be locked in a long time before. And it, you know, I think I think this writing team, as is, could produce some you know a better draft of sure. lyrics now. Like seeing what the movie looks like, seeing how these moments play out. Um, that's the only thing I would change, though, because yeah. I think this movie is super interesting. And it's got, similarly to Book of Life, it's got these quirks where you're like, oh, I didn't expect that here. And it's a cool mix with the very familiar moments of, like, at the end of her I Want song, she's yeah. standing on, a, like, a large hill with and her hair flying in the she wind. She is singing to the water. Yeah. 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 Um. So it was a cool mix of like very familiar, like, oh, Glenn Keane, I know what three movies you learned this from yeah. and what, <laughs> but also adding some new freshness and voices into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would also do a special edition uh, lyric pass, mm-hmm. basically, uh, but I would resurrect uh, Howard Ashman. <laughs> um, bar- barring that, I might give the lyrics to like Lynn manuel Yeah. Uh, Lynn manuel I mean, I think... Uh, uh, Chrissy Lopez would do great, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Anderson Lopez, yeah. yeah. Or like an Asian, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chinese specifically, uh, lyricist whose name isn't coming to me. 
right well, now. Well, I mean, Helen Park is is Korean, I believe. Right. Yeah, South Korean. Yeah, but like I'm saying, like a a better lyricist. Right. But um, maybe not a white one. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like like uh, I love Lady Manuel and uh, and Howard Ashman, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, give it to Pippa. Can we? Let's give it to Pippa. See what did, happens. Does she? Is she a lyricist? I don't know. This might Probably not be not. a great <laughs> idea. Okay. I, I love Pippa Sue as much as the next guy, but that might not be. That might not be the right choice. No. Well. Yeah. These were these are both really delightful. Yeah. If you haven't seen either of them, uh, highly highly recommend checking them out. It's just very clear they're both made by people who love telling stories mm-hmm. and who love movies and have a lot of respect for the animated movie medium. Yeah. And like, you know, it's, uh, as we record this, it's November 1st. Mm-hmm. So it's only been a month since, since the Harvest, the Moon, Harvest Festival. Moon Festival. And tomorrow is, is Dia de los Muertos. So Mar- today, if you are listening to this on the day the uh, podcast is mm-hmm. released. So there you go. Feliz Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feliz Dia de los Muertos. Feliz. Okay. Uh, Dick, if anyone would want to request a movie for us to talk Ooh. about or suggest a pairing yeah. of movies for us to talk about on the podcast, uh, how could they how could they go about doing that? Well, if you take the A train uptown, even Every farther time. than Harlem, and then, well, we, I mean, if they get off at 181st Street, though, they've actually gone too far. Yeah, well, let's not dox ourselves. <laughs> Um, no, send us an email at cellmatespodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Send us a Twitter, Twitter. at Podcast on Twitter. Send us a Facebook at Podcast on Facebook. Correct. Or like send us send a, a rocket to the moon and then to our apartment. Yeah. Or like send us some like candy. Like, also listen to both of these soundtracks. Yeah. They're fun. Yeah, especially the Spanish version of yeah. the yeah, yeah. Um, Book of Life, because that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, For Soulmates yeah. Podcast. Yeah. yeah. Go. I'm Dick Ward. I'm Kate Phillips. Goodbye. Adios. See ya. Podcast. <laughs>